Hey everyone, it's Kendra. And this is Jessica. And you're listening to Lucid, Lucid Lab. Lab. Kendra just got back from a massive, massive trip that I think everybody would love to go on. Yeah, literally just got back at like 4 a.m. last night. It was yeah. kind of the <laughs> travel day from hell. I would say I'm happy to be back in some ways. Like I'm happy to be back in my bed, but I did enjoy myself and eating out every meal and seeing all the cool stuff. So it's like you get kind of a sadness after a long vacation like that. I don't think I've ever been on one as long as you were gone. It's so crazy that I was gone that long. Like it felt like a long time. But now that it's over, I'm like, oh, it went too fast. It was just a dream. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. sucks. We saw so much cool stuff. But I haven't got to hear too much. So you're, you're going to have to let me know. Let everybody know. Where'd you go? Um, okay. So <laughs> we went everywhere. We flew into Baltimore, Maryland. And that's where we started because it was the cheapest flight on Southwest that's to cool. get to the East Coast. And then we rented a car and drove pretty much through every single state in New England. So we saw... Pennsylvania, Connecticut, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Vermont, Maine. Mm. I'm probably missing one. New, oh, well, Rhode Island. New York. And then you went to New Delaware. York. And then, yeah. And then we ended up in New York City for three nights. That's so crazy. We were nonstop, but we saw so many cool things. And the main thing we were focused on, uh, I had two teenage kids with me that were 16 years old and <laughs> we were going to all the spooky places. Yeah. So it's we, like a dream trip. Yeah. Seriously. And, and there's so much there. Yeah. And the only thing that I'm really, I guess, kicking myself in the butt now is that I didn't realize the conjuring house was in Rhode Island. She missed it. And I missed it. <laughs> and we realized it about halfway through the trip. And I was like, we'll make a special trip. We'll drive back. But there were no tickets available. So oh, we didn't no. get to go. But we did get to see Eastern State Penitentiary, yep. which I'm going to do an episode on. And Yay. now I have real pictures from there. It was yep. really, really cool. And we got to see Lizzie Borden house. Mm -hmm. And we definitely felt some energy there. And maybe we'll I'll talk about that at some point. And then we found this spooky tower in the woods that we had to hike to. <laughs> and it was in Vermont. Ooh. And it was built in a old, I guess, now shut down insane asylum. Ooh. And there was a creepy cemetery next to it. Was there any context as to what this tower was so used for? Apparently, they used it for recreation for those who were at the insane asylum. It was to like do something what? for them stairs? to do. No, it was like something for them to do. They went out in the woods and built this tower. And it oh, looks like Rapunzel's tower. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, New York City was great. We didn't do anything spooky there, but we saw, you know, Broadway shows and everything. But I think the highlight of the trip for all three of us was Salem, Massachusetts. Uh, she sent me pictures and I'm like, you and I just need to go back for I an entire week. I go back could so bad. stay in just a street and just enjoy myself the entire time. We spent the entire day there. We got there at like, I think 10 o'clock in the morning. We didn't leave till like almost midnight because we did a nighttime ghost tour. Oh yeah. That's so uh, cool. <laughs> and there's just so many cool shops and they do a lot of like kind of gothic events. And they told me in one of the shops to come back in September don't come in October because I guess in October yeah. it's so fucking crazy. Sure. But September is cooler. And then they do something called the Vampire Ball. Ooh. And you get to wear really cool like gothy gowns. And, that sounds so fun. And I saw like probably about four dresses that I wanted to buy there to wear to that ball. And <laughs> it just sounded really, really interesting. And finally, my whiteness won't be out of place. Maybe not at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we went in this one shop and it was a vampire themed shop and the workers were wearing fangs. And oh, well, maybe they really weren't wearing them. It. Maybe they were really vampires. I mean, there are yeah. people who consider themselves vampires and live the lifestyle. 
All I know is that Salem had some of the coolest jewelry and clothing shops that I've seen in my life. And if I lived there, I would have to dress that way every single day. Why not? Yeah. (laughs) You could get away with it there and you would have the options. So anyone who's been to Salem will probably, if you're listening to the show, you might be along those lines already. Right. (laughs) Into the gothy stuff. And yeah. So that was our highlight. That's and awesome. we did so much. I could talk about it for a whole podcast episode, but I won't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back and that's what I've been up to for the last two weeks. Yeah. And She's only back, though, for a few days because then we go to Vegas. Yes. yes. And it's going to be my first trip. I've girls never trip. I've never been on a girl's trip either. So oh. it's my first girl's trip. It's going to be so much fun. But Although it's, it's supposed to be like 190. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, uh, they're having a heat wave in Vegas <laughs> and Phoenix right now. And oh. we're going to be there for that. So we will not be leaving. No, we inside. won't leave inside. I can't. I literally can't. You would melt. I like, would melt. You would turn to dust. <laughs> <laughs> All right, like I would, smoke would I just would come just... out of you combust or I'd like shrink to this like little I don't know two inch lady just screaming at everybody <laughs> I know you, I, I just like think about like Wizard of Oz where you Gross. just melt yes, away exactly. no because we were planning a pool day but I'm like I can't do that that's like, insane okay if it's 110 and you've got all these people in the pool that's the pool help- water is probably going to be 100 degrees right like, no thank you no. I don't want to jump into a warm pool with a bunch of bodies <laughs> well what's helping our plea here to not go outside is a friend of ours broke her foot yes <laughs> so <that helps. laughs> she can't swim anyway so now we get to stay inside so now we just eat and drink I don't gamble so I probably won't gamble no I'm not going to do that at all I don't want to waste money if I'm going to spend money I want to like get something back for it yeah, an experience. Yeah. We might go, we were just talking about this. We might go do the it escape room. Yeah. Yeah. I think that'd be really cool. <laughs> we, and me and her were like, oh, we'd do that, but nobody else would do that. I'm like, let's go do it. We may go. Yeah. If nobody yeah. else goes, we'll go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the other thing. We went into the haunted, one of the most haunted places on the Northeast is in New Hampshire and it's called the Chase House and it used to be an orphanage. We got to go in there. And we also got to go to Emily's Bridge in Vermont. Oh, yeah. Which you, is, I remember you mentioning you were going to do that. Yeah. Was it spooky? You know, or was there it was beautiful? an energy to it. <laughs> there was, I mean, it was pretty, but there's definitely an energy. I've never been, like when we went in the Lizzie Borden house, I've never been in a place where I knew like a horrible event had happened. And right. It felt heavy and my heart actually started racing. Mm-hmm. We were just literally standing there and all of a sudden I could feel something mm-hmm. and I have an Apple watch so I was able to see and my like heart shot up to 120 beats per minute for no reason and I feel like it was this energy you weren't scared I was not scared at all we were just literally just, just standing there mm-hmm. mm. and we had an EDM reader with us because you can get one of those when you go to the Lizzie Borden house they have them you can rent oh, okay and so we read in one for fun and things were going off in certain spots mm-hmm. so Mostly the kids' room. And it was when nobody was around with phones or anything like that. So Cool. I don't know. Speaking of ghosties, my house has them now. My new one. <laughs> what? Well, you just got away. Did they follow you from the other house? I think I've always had stuff something. with me. Something. You're haunted. Yeah. Ever since I was a little girl, there's always been something. And reason being is I felt something like the first few days here by myself. And I would hear something behind me and then nothing's there, like directly behind me, like an inch away from me, like even feeling the movement of it. Mm -hmm. I hear things directly in my ear, like someone coming in and whispering in my ear. And it was creepy to me. It was a woman. Can't say what she said, but I could tell. And then I also do sense something else. The woman to me doesn't feel 
bad. That's good. But something else here I can't place and it it might be. And what validates that is my daughter. She was fine the first night here. And then now she can't. She just can't be alone. And she is so scared. And I've never known my daughter to be scared of anything. Like she wasn't scared in the other house? No, never. And she's talking about things that she's seeing and hearing and feeling. And I can't discredit her because I feel them too. And I've had stuff too. I am constantly hearing things that just shouldn't be there and nothing could be causing them or feeling it. One of the biggest things for me is feeling someone sitting next to me or an indentation, you know, onto the bed. Right. And then my my blankets get tighter around my legs because they're being pulled a little bit or whatnot. And I'll I'll look up thinking it has to be my cat. (laughs) Yeah, that would make sense. But it's not my cat. She's sleeping right next to my head. Hmm. So I don't know. I do feel something here. I haven't felt threatened by it, but it's making it very difficult for me with my daughter. Yeah, and because you can't explain to her not to. Exactly. I came here and I'm like, oh, I'm going to have this level of freedom in this new place that I've never had. And now she just, she can't be alone. She's attached to your hip. Especially at night when like, that's when I get extra things done because of work and whatnot. And now I can't, like I can't do anything until she's asleep and she's having a hard time going to sleep so oh man it's been interesting other than that my house is great now yeah it looks great <laughs> I got something I've always wanted I got myself a green velvet couch yeah I love it looks it. beautiful <laughs> yeah last time I was over here was I guess what two and a half weeks ago Before or so left. yeah, yeah. And there wasn't so. anything in here yet yeah it's Just definitely like <laughs> coming together now yeah it is it's hard to say if it's starting to feel like my home because mm-hmm. so much is still kind of in storage and it's just more of it's functioning, you right. know? Yeah, it takes a little bit to really get moved in. But I want it to be done because I, I don't want the stress of like having to unpack last forever because I don't even know how long I'm going to be here. So yeah. I just want it to be done. Yeah. But it's I good. Can. It's my own space and I got a green couch. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really cool. And you can do that now. You and can I make can decisions that. on how you want to decorate and what color furniture you want. Well, I've always around. done that everywhere I've gone. That's, yeah. Because I'm the girl. I'm the woman, you know, I'm yeah. the one with taste. Otherwise, a lot of men, they're just like, eh, it's a couch. Like there doesn't have to be anything else in the I entire know. house. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> they can. They're just bachelor dudes. You know, mm-hmm. they don't they don't decorate. They don't think about that kind of stuff. But I'm decorating it how I want. I don't have to explain to somebody why I got a green right. couch and justify my actions for doing something like nobody gets to say you can't have a green couch. That fabric doesn't make sense with a child. Yes, it does. Now she just doesn't get to eat on it. Like she used <laughs> right. to do the other one. <laughs> so. Just teach her. Exactly. So I don't know. Go get yourself a green couch if you want one. Do what you want. Get a pink couch. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about the ghosty experience here in your house. Yeah. And it reminded me we did have one experience on the trip that I oh, wanted okay. to share. Okay, good. So we did Airbnb a few times and we were in these old towns, of course, on the New England coast. And we stayed in this 1800s farmhouse. Oh, yeah, that's right. This was in Maine. And in that house, we had three separate bedrooms. And so we're all in our own rooms and we were about to go to sleep. And it didn't feel spooky or anything, but there was this creepy attic. Like we opened the door. I I think I sent you the picture. Maybe I didn't. Not of the attic. No, just the house. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like I have so many cool, creepy pictures. Maybe one day I'll do an Instagram post about it. But there's a creepy attic or whatever. And then so we all go to bed. And in the middle of the night, there was a Keurig machine like in one of the rooms. The Keurig machine just fucking started making coffee by itself. (laughs) It did. Really? 
It started boiling water oh. and making coffee in the middle of the night. It was telling you to get up. No sleep for you, Kendra. <laughs> it was weird. And there was no timer or, or anything. Was like there a all... cup underneath or did it cause no. a mess? <laughs> it just, well, as soon as it clicked on, it woke up one of the kids and they were like, oh my God, the Keurig machine is going off. <laughs> and yeah, it was just like this super creaky old house anyways. And every time you moved, you could hear each other and stuff. Oh, so yeah. I heard the... Not a good place to have sex. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Not if you have kids nearby. (laughs) Everybody's going to (laughs) know. Well, even just getting up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, like spooked everybody. Like I got up and opened my door and it was so loud. And then the the two kids are like, who's out there? Like you're like, I have to. And then the Keurig machine kicked on in the middle of the night. (laughs) So it was was a little spooky. I'm sure it was probably just a electrical thing, but I couldn't explain why the Keurig machine would have come on. So maybe that is weird. Maybe a ghost came down from the attic and decided they wanted some coffee. No, they know. just wanted to mess with you. And they're like, push that button. <laughs> they're like, ooh, what does that do? <laughs> there wasn't even any water in it because like we oh, weren't planning to darn. use it. So yeah. it was kind of weird. Hmm. Just pushing buttons. That's the only spooky story I have from our trip. We were hoping for more haunting stuff. but I mean, you're trying to invite it in. Eventually, it'll start happening more. Yeah. When you're looking for it, it's not going to happen. It's always when you're not. not, when you, you're least expecting it, like doing your laundry and then someone whispers in your ear (laughs) and then you're like I don't like that no it's got to be on my terms (laughs) and so now what sucks too with her is she'll come to me she's like mom did you did you hear that did you see that and I did and And now I and now I have to lie and be like that was me (laughs) and I'm like that wasn't me because you don't want her afraid no because I need her to move past this school's going to be starting again yeah you can't sleep with her in your bed every single night I can't do this it's not going to work so I need to find some way to redirect her and I just don't know what that is yet because it's also a transition of moving from somewhere she lived yeah and that could be part of it too and yeah and she has a lamp or a nightlight she has so many you know part of it is her room is also twice the size of what it was I don't know I think it's just because it's more space yeah like it feels heavier because there's more space than she's used to too and that leaves more room for your imagination to hear or think you see things or whatever Mm -hmm. if you already are feeling a certain way yeah and your mind starts filling that in I don't know it's a hard thing because I don't want her to feel that way in a new place with me so hopefully it's it's a phase and we'll figure out how to move past it yeah so I'm pushing it off because I'm having a really hard time starting the case I'm going to talk about right now. Are we doing something dark? It's a, it's a bad one. Oh. Yeah. Like I need to take a breath because I don't even, I don't even know how I want to start because I don't want to say some of this stuff. Do we need to give a trigger warning? Oh yeah, definitely. This is a huge warning. Okay. Rape, torture, murder, a lot of horrific details. And I'm going to say too, that it's probably going to be the worst one you've ever heard. Oh and you God. and I have heard we've a lot heard a lot. I mean, we listen to serial killer shit. I mean, all the time, right? Yeah, we talked about. I mean, have you ever on this show? I even. mean, I've heard some horrific ones, mm-hmm. like bad, 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 torturing bastards. But this, this just, I don't know, it hits different. Okay, okay. So I should leave if I feel uncomfortable. Go away. I'll <laughs> sit here by myself and just, <laughs> just talk, talk about all this stuff by myself. <laughs> Now I'm here. I'm good. Usually, like, I think of, what's my opinion on this? And what's this? And this is just one of those cases where it speaks for itself. Your opinion, okay. is, everybody's going to have. There's no opinion. Have, no. It's just, uh, oh, if my you, God, people are exactly. fucking sick, kind of. Sick. Yeah. Sick, sick. And we need to know that people like this exist out there that That's, will do these kinds of things, exactly. unfortunately. And they always do it to women. Yeah. And I feel like we need to listen to what happened to this girl because she needs 
justice. Like that is a form of justice for her. It sucks to keep talking about it and what she went through. It's hard because you're like, you know, why do bad things happen to good people? Right. And the level that you're going to hear about in this case, it makes you question everything in life. It really does. How is this a possibility? How is this okay? Yeah. Oh, okay. So today I'm talking about the absolutely brutal torture and murder of Junko Furuta. At first, when I started looking into this, it reminded me of Sylvia Likens. Do you remember her? She's the girl here in America that was tortured. No, you never it's heard? not ringing a bell. Oh, Ellen Page was in it, played her in a movie. No? Oh, it was a movie? Yeah, well, no, it's, it's, it's a real it's, crime. It's a real case. crime, but they, they did a, a movie adaptation of it no. with her. No? Him. Yeah. It's Elliot Page. Elliot now. Page. Anyway, that's an absolutely horrible case. And I don't want to compare the two, but this doesn't oh come my close. God. <laughs> So I'll tell you a little bit about Junko. Okay. She was gorgeous. She really Always. was. She was smart. She was ambitious. She was a kind 17-year-old Japanese high school student. I'm going back to Japan. <laughs> we love Japan. I had never heard of this case. I actually came across this on a post on Reddit. Okay. I was looking for something else, and I saw her picture, and I'm like, what's that? You know? and. Mm-hmm. And I was planning to do a completely different episode yet again today. I'm like, we had this all planned out and I and keep, now we changing keep changing it. <laughs> but you kind of got got to go with the inspiration that right. you're feeling in the moment. But just kind of partway into this, I'm like, why did I do this to myself? Because you're having to read this while being at home alone. Oh, that's not even what gets to me. It's just my heart. It's my empathy. It's hard to live with knowing certain things and right. just feeling okay. It starts to darken things for you. And it's, say, it makes it's hard you to doubt, take on. Yeah, a lot of things can yeah give you a darker lens yep. when looking at the world. So her case is also known as Concrete Encased High School Girl Murder Case. Now, that's a really long name, but it's because okay. it's translated. I was about to say. And it when it gets translated, it's always really It sounded much really better long. in Japanese. <laughs> but I'll get into why that is the name later. Um, okay. This poor, sweet girl went through extreme torture. And if you're a woman listening, I'm not going to lie. It's going to be very triggering for you. This is a case that I know your stomach is going to ache. Your heart is going to pump. I mean, that's for everybody. Your heart's going to pump faster and your jaw is going to drop. Over and over and over again. But what happened to her, it's beyond imaginable. It's your absolute worst nightmare come to life. And at the end of this, you're going to be seriously pissed off and it'll stick with you. If you don't already know this story. Okay. If you know this story, then you know the story. But if you don't, buckle up. I know nothing, so. And I knew nothing either. So you guys are going to hear my opinion, I'm sure. Yeah. (laughs) I'm already pissed because it's a 17-year-old girl who had her whole life ahead of her Mm -hmm. and couldn't have done anything to deserve any of what is probably happening Right. I do want to preface this real quick with a couple of disclaimers. One, last time we recorded in my place, my cat was not here. She is now here. And she makes a lot of noises sometimes. So (laughs) she's kind of, she goes... Like real, real, real loud. She does this whole now thing. I want she her to. talks and talks and talks and talks. So if you hear her, I can't edit her out. Two, I did a, a lot of research for this. But at the same time, what we see in English, you know, for America, it, it just doesn't have all the stuff. You can go to you know, Japanese websites or articles and stuff. And yeah, just, and do the Google Translate. Yeah. And I just never did that before because I knew it was going to be messed up. But at the same time, I knew I was missing a lot here and I wanted to cover her. So I did that and I did my best yes. to understand the mumbo jumbo 
that is the translation <laughs> through Google. Yeah, some of the things this and not, make no sense. <laughs> I know, but if you like know the general story, mm-hmm. I feel like you can then go follow. If you know something is incorrect, you know, let me know. But I did my best, and that's what we're going off of because there's yep. a lot more information that way than what we're privy to here. So let's understand who Junko was. Junko was born January 18th, 1971 in Misato Satima Prefecture in Japan. She's a fellow Capricorn. Okay. She lived with her father, mother, and two siblings. They were a loving, very close-knit family. They loved her tenacity and encouraged her to go after her dreams. She was the apple of her parents' eyes. Because of this, Junko in high school was super focused. Mm -hmm. She was a really good student. She was popular. She had a lot of friends, and she had no time for boys. She didn't drink, smoke, or do drugs. She enjoyed going to the beach and baking sweets. She was set to graduate in March of 1989. She was working part-time after school at a plastic molding factory to save up for a graduation trip that she was planning to take with her friends. She even had another job lined up in April for 1989 after she graduated. And her big thing is she really wanted to be a singer. She wanted to be a pop idol. Oh, okay. So that's sweet. But she was very focused. She was a very good kid. Right. Now, there are two different versions out there as to how Junko ended up with her perpetrators. One is that she didn't know them, and another is that she did. Okay. At least one of the main people in this absolutely ridiculous, horrible crime. I'm going to tell you both, but why I believe one is the truth and the other is just kind of this made-up addition to the story that someone started a long time ago and it just carried. Okay. So here enters an absolute scumbag. Always. Hiroshi Miyano. At the time of the crime, Hiroshi was a teenager. He was 18. All of the main people in this story are teenagers. Wow. And how do they get that sick that young? Oh, it's hard. Multiple scums of the earth in this story. Four main boys. But there were so many others involved beyond them. And when you hear what they did, you will not feel sorry for them. I know we've played the devil's advocate. Yes. You know, in the past with young killers But that will not happen today. Hiroshi was a piece of work, even at a young age, since elementary school. Okay. And he was short, about 5'2". Napoleon syndrome? Yeah. Sure, it helped with his rage. (laughs) (laughs) He tried to make up with that by fighting. He was actually really, really good at judo, and he won a lot of competitions. So he's trying to prove he's a tough guy. Prove it, and he he was, you know? Yeah. Had he stuck to that, maybe who would have turned out differently, but probably not, because he's a pure psychopath. And he had major issues. Now, there might be a reason for this. I'm not going to explain it till the end of the episode. You know, we're not going to do what we usually do and be like, this is why he's like this. And right. This is why no, he's we're not. like this. I'm not really going to do that. He was known for bringing weapons to school, beating up students, beating up teachers, shoplifting, throwing rocks through school windows, assaulting women, blah, 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 etc. He often got away with a lot of it because his uncle was part of the Yakuza. Okay. Which is the Japanese mafia. mafia. Mm-hmm. People were scared of him. People were scared of them. It's interesting because I don't think his parents were involved. Okay. Overall, he knew a lot of fucking evil people. And Hiroshi was already acting like he was part of the Yakuza. So he's still a teenager, but he was Mm. recruited. Okay. He dropped out of school in 1987. He took what he wanted and hurt people. He became the leader of a group of boys. So a violent youth group, a crime ring called Goku Chanfei. Okay. So his own little version of his little his, like, yeah. teenager Yakuza clan or something <laughs> like that. The other three main boys involved were Joe Agura, 17 years old. 
Nobuharu or Shinji Minato. He was 16. I'm going to call him Minato instead of the first name. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but I usually stick to first names because I feel like I get more confused during stories when it's just last names. That's just like a personal preference when I'm telling a story. Yeah. But some of them change their names later on. And to me, it was unclear if Nobuharu or Shinji was his original or changed name. So I'm just going to call him by his last name. And then there was Yasushi Watanabe, and he was 17. Together, these boys robbed and raped girls and women. Just for a good time? That was their thing. That's what they did. Get a new hobby, guys. They were very experienced at it. They knew exactly who to target. They were teenage violent rapists. Wow. It's just... What crazy and sickening. What makes them that way? Like what it, the fact that there's so many of them too right. that, that are doing it. In Junko's case, I would on another level include two other main kids too, Tetsuo Nakamura, who was seventeen, and Kyochi Ihara, who was sixteen. In court documents, they're referred to as boy A, B, C, D, and F. Okay. Hiroshi is boy A. I gave them an order, but I'm not really going to refer to them that much in this way. But I'll still give it to you. So Joe Ogura, boy B, another just piece of crap. He didn't have an easy life from what I could translate. Right. (laughs) Uh, There was domestic abuse, but he was Hiroshi's right-hand man. It is even argued that he actually could have been the worst of them, Mm. of all of them to Junko. His mother, on the other hand, she's something else too. Oh. And I'll get to her later on. Minato, boy C, he's the youngest of them. Fuck this kid. <laughs> How, like 15 or? Uh, he was the one that was 16. Okay. Oh, yeah. And fuck his parents, too. <laughs> oh, great. So the parents are going to, uh, I can already see they're going to cover see, for their kids. You'll see why his parents in this are probably the only ones that I'm like, uh, like you can see certain reasons why, but because of what they did, you still got to feel the way you do about it. Yeah. And then we have Yasushi Watanabe. He's boy D. He was involved through Hiroshi because for a time Hiroshi was dating his sister. I guess they were like long-term boyfriend, girlfriends, and Hiroshi actually wanted to marry her. But he got too into being a gang member. I was about to say, did she know he raped women for his hobby? She knew that. But once he got into this, then, you know, that was She was out. He was the only one of the four main boys later on who pretended to have some remorse over what happened. But he was involved for every single bit of it. Tetsuo Nakamura, boy E. I didn't find a lot on him because he's not considered one of the main boys, but he was complicit in the beginning. It's actually said that at some point he became uncomfortable with it all and spoke up, but was beaten by Hiroshi and kicked out of the group. Mm, peer pressure. But he was there, you know. Yeah. And then Kyochi Ohara, boy F, again, not much I could find on him, but it was discovered that he was a part of this torture. A lot of people were. Because of the physical evidence inside and outside. Oh my God. Of her body. Now, before I tell you what happened, and this fact is going to sicken you after I do, there were over 100 people involved. What? 100 people. Over 100 people were invited to torture and rape Juko. Okay. Many believed that most of them were Yakuza members. Oh my God. And of that, insane number 17 additional men and women were identified through the physical evidence here are some of their names because junko forever deserves justice so bear with me here because japanese is not my first language (laughs) so forgive me but i also don't care if i butcher their names because (laughs) oh well because fuck them yeah kuni takauchi kyochi idaho 
Hiroshi Suzuki, Akiri Card, Kachuiko Agiwara, Akihiro Murakami, Raizuki Ki, Kenda Opged, and Akani Ishikawa. There's tons more, but I can only find who I can find. Were they able to convict all of these people or just the boys that you named were the main ones? Right. Yeah. I know most of that. So the first story, because I told you there were two, is mm-hmm. that Junko was approached by Hiroshi in school. They were students at the same school and he asked her to go out with him. Not interested in romance or him. She denied him. Okay. And he wasn't used to being rejected. Oh, God. Another guy. And, his hurt ego. Well, and he's this really tough guy that everybody should be he's scared like, of. Every girl wants to hang out with me. So he chose her as a victim. Mm-hmm. This is the story that I believe is false, but this is the story that you'll hear everywhere. Okay. That he chose her because she rejected him. It, helps, it happens. It, it yeah. helps beef up the story, you know, too. But that's not what happened because what I found was that all of these boys were no longer in school. Oh, yeah. They either that dropped earlier. out or were expelled. By 1987, and this was in 1988. Okay. They all lived in a different city as well. So So was she a random target then? She didn't know any of them. Oh, wow. On the night of November 25th, 1988, Junko was riding her bike home from an after-school job. Oh, my God. Hiroshi and Minato were in her city. They were literally there to find a girl or woman to rob and rape. (sighs) Wow. They spotted Junko on her bike, and Hiroshi told Minato to knock her off the bike and run away. So he did. She fell off the bike into a small ditch on the side of the road. And who was there to aid her but sweet, innocent Hiroshi? Mm. He pretended to witness what happened, claimed to know the boy and that he was dangerous and he might come back and offered to walk her home. Oh, no. She agreed. Along the walk, though, he came upon a warehouse and he made her go into the warehouse and he told her who he was and that he was connected to the Yakuza and that he had actually been ordered to kill her, but he liked her. (laughs) Okay. But that if she doesn't give her body to him, then he's going to kill her. He's going to kill her whole family. He raped her. And then he took her to a hotel where he raped her again. And then called his buddies, Joe, Minato, and Yasushi, bragging about her rape. And they're like, hold on, hold on. We want to turn. Of course. You know. Fuckers. So remember how I said Joe is possibly the worst? He was the one that said, no, let's keep her. Because she's really, really pretty. Oh, no. Right? They wanted to continuously assault her, and he knew that they could invite others, too, because there's so many of them there that love to do this. I don't get why men want to share, share like, and wa- are they watching each other? Like, Probably. I never understood this about like the whole gang rape thing. Like, ooh, What is there to understand? How can we I mean, understand? they're already raping a woman, but then like your buddies, like, let's get them. Like, I just, oh. Like we were kind of talking about this before we even started about child trafficking. Yes. And how the people that do that, it's like a buddy's fucking club and they get together and drink and they choose the children. And, you know, we can't understand because our brains are not minds. Disgusting. Ugh. I was about to say <laughs> that I take back everything I said about in our NDE episode about everybody being light and love and all of that. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, but you know what? It's hard because that's who we are as people and we want redemption for people as well. We also think that if you're living multiple lives, that maybe they do redeem themselves in a life past this. Yeah, they're just in their basic first life or something. I'm sorry. There's just some things that are beyond, I think, anybody's human ability if you're not fucked up to forgive someone for certain things. Right. So around 3 a.m., Hiroshi took Junko 
I met up with the other boys at a park. They all drank, and Junko had alcohol for the first time. If there was ever a time to start, she'd just been raped multiple times. She's like, yes, I want to be But numb. she also probably couldn't refuse. They, I imagine that it was a situation in which they were making her as well. I'm sure, yeah. It is at this time that they found a notebook in her backpack with her home address. Oh, no. And so now they could effectively threaten, threaten her, her mm-hmm. that the Yakuza would go kill her family if she tried to escape. After some time of being cold outside, they decided to take her to Minato's house. And this became the place where she was held captive for 40 days. 40 days. 40 days. Some sources say 44, but she was abducted at night on November 25th. And sadly, all of this comes to an end on January 4th. So that's like 40 and a half days. But you'll see a lot of stuff out there that says the 44 days of hell, but it was 40. 40. Now, remember, because it is going to be hard to believe for the rest of this episode, these are teenagers. Meaning they took her into the home of Minato's parents. Right. And siblings. Where his family lived. His family had to have heard. So we're going to get to that a little bit. When they brought her in, they said it was his girlfriend. Mm. And after having been raped several times and scared for her life, she was polite. And she said, said, hello. Yeah. She didn't know if they were involved in the Yakuza as well. You know, I'm sure she like she just was playing along. At first, his parents did think that she was just a friend or a girlfriend. (laughs) So I'm going to say a lot of things in this episode. I honestly thought I would never say out loud. Uh Uh-oh. I was going to try and avoid having to do an episode like this on our Mm -hmm. podcast. But here we are. So for two days, they continuously gang raped her while Mm. holding pillows over her head to muffle her screams and held lighters up to her pubic area. Oh, my God. The third day, two other boys... The ones that I mentioned, Tetsuo and Kiyochi, were invited over and took turns raping her. <sighs> After a while, she was in such a state of pretty much unconsciousness. Yeah. You know, she that's what you have to just, do to get through it. Yeah. But after hearing what sounded like someone screaming for a couple of days, the parents would go to investigate. But they were shut out by their son, who was very rude to them. Uh, who was the parent <sighs> in the situation? I know. They're scared of them. They saw her again a couple days later and told her, go home. Like, go home. What are you doing here? They started to see sanitary pads and trash cans and saw her again and said, go home. That's when his mom thought she might be a runaway and like maybe she didn't have anywhere to go. And it's his girlfriend and he's just and of secretly the keeping him there. Fault. Right. Yeah. Like she's hanging out there. But then she stopped really talking to the parents if they did see her because she was being monitored by whichever boy was with her. I read several accounts of how the parents became involved, but it is difficult to say exactly. In one account, I read that the mom realized that something was happening because whenever she caught a glimpse of Junko, she started to look worse. I would think that she would look bruised up. Yeah, she started to look more assaulted. Yeah. I'm sure in the first few days, they tried not to do things to her face or whatnot. But somehow the mother came across Junko's bag too and found her parents' phone number. Okay. And she called her mom and she kind of just said, do you have a girl missing? Her mom's like, oh my gosh, yes, Junko. Yeah. No, 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 no. Who is this? Who is this? And the lady freaked out because she knew that, oh shit, like this is my a son girl. is into something. And she gave Junko's mom a bad name. Oh my gosh. So in case you're wondering, yes, her parents did go to the police. They're wondering where she is. They reported her missing uh, when she didn't return home. 
they roamed with local volunteers and word got around and somehow it got back to Hiroshi Mm -hmm. and he made Junko call her mom several times to say some pretty horrible things to her to get her to call off the police search. Oh my gosh. To convince them that she wasn't missing. She wasn't in danger. It was her choice to leave. She was safe with friends. She didn't want to go home. She didn't want the life that she had. She didn't like living with them and she wanted to be on her own. This, of course, it broke her parents' hearts. As a parent, like, don't you notice the complete turnaround? I know. She was afraid for her parents, so she was trying to be convincing. She was getting to that age, though, you know, like... When they got on their own. So maybe they just, they didn't want to push her too hard. And, you know, they were confused because they had only known just this loving relationship with her. And all of a sudden, she's acting up a little bit. They didn't want to say anything that was going to make her stay away. They thought, like, she'll be back. So that's why it took several calls. You know, maybe it's just a face and she was going to come back. But after several weeks, they did fear the worst when they stopped hearing from her. Yeah. Minato continued to pretend that she was his girlfriend in front of his parents in the beginning. But somehow he found out that his mother tried contacting Junko's mother. Okay. So he became violent with his mother. That's horrible. Like you're afraid of your own kid. Yeah. Well, I think they know his connection, like how he was recruited but still, it doesn't excuse them. They could have called the cops still, right? Or, <sighs> Yeah, but they did nothing. They did not intervene. After all this is said and done, they did say they were scared of their son. You'll see, I'm going to get into a little bit of other things when it comes to them. But these kids are diabolical. I believe they were crazy. They- and I could see why the parents were scared. But to allow what happened to her to happen under their roof for so long, it's insane to me because they had several opportunities to stop it. So they knew Even she if was it meant their life was going to be in danger. This is a child. And they knew she was there the full 40 days that she was there. At first, they didn't know. Like the first week, I think it was more. Why are you here? Like, right. why do you keep coming back? Like, what's going on? I don't think they knew she, that she was there the entire time. OK. I did find out that his room, you could only open from the inside. That's fucked. Yeah. I mean, as a mom or a dad, you got a question. Well, well they it did. sounds like they knew. They, they, they did question. They knew they were living with the spawn of Satan and that was, yeah. <laughs> they were afraid. Exactly. But every single day in that home for Junko was unimaginable torture. Your literal worst nightmare. For the first five to six days, she was raped constantly. The boys started to invite other members of Yakuza over. And they were also inviting like kids that they were looking to recruit. Oh. And this is, I don't know, maybe this was a initiation initiation thing to prove yourself. It's estimated that over 100 people raped her. (laughs) I'm not even going to get into the numbers yet, though. Not really. But they started to get bored. Raping's not enough. Raping was not enough. And you're about to be shocked. Like, I don't even know how to. (laughs) You're just not even going to be able to remotely comprehend how anyone let alone multiple people. A hundred people. And like, that's a hundred people for raping, okay, but what yeah. they're about to do. Okay. You're not going to be able to comprehend it. That Someone could do this to anybody. Okay. I guess I'm going to go through it kind of like a list. Mm. I didn't know how else to write this up. Yeah. <laughs> like it was just, it was difficult. They made her drink copious amounts of alcohol. Remember she had none before. Right. They would make her smoke many cigarettes at once. Like, In one account, I read that they literally put 50 together, lit it, and made her, like, put her mouth around it and smoke it. Okay. That's like, can you imagine trying to inhale something like that? Yeah. (laughs) She would vomit. Of course. 
They made her dance and sing for them. That's just one of the joys of being held captive. They raped her so much that they weren't getting excited anymore. And so they would make her do things to get them going again. They would wake her up so that she could dance and sing for them. Oh, my gosh. They withheld food and water. At one point, she was allowed a cup of milk a day. Or they would make her drink tons of water and give her nothing else to eat and made her drink her own urine. Ooh. They made her eat live cockroaches. What? Just like, this is just for their enjoyment. This is just all for their enjoyment because they can. Though she vomited too. So she's not getting anything. Yeah. That just pissed them off when she would vomit. Anything and everything that she did, whether she was being complicit or not complicit or whatever, that it just made them mad. It was just her existence made them mad, but she was also their entertainment. They all took turns urinating on her, but then they began to truly start beating her Mm. and a bunch of other things. It's going to be very, very hard for me to say, but I'll get through it. (laughs) And I might laugh sometimes because I don't know how else to handle some of these. This reminds me, before you get into the gross details, Yeah, there was an artist have you read about this where she did a live art thing? I think it was in like Sweden or somewhere like that. And she told everyone she was going to be under anesthesia. Oh. And she laid in a public place and or they brought in like 40 <gasps> people, people did stuff to her. They had to stop the experiment. She was going to do it, I think, for eight hours or something. They had to stop it for in because they were afraid that these people were going to kill her. <gasps> and it, it was like it just kept escalating. People oh were ripping God. her clothes off. Men were doing things to her. And it was men and women. And they had just brought them in. And it was for a purpose of art. And it's like human nature when you're in a group, the things that you would escalate to. Like they were trying to set her on fire. <gasps> they were cutting her. They were like Aww. doing all of these things to her. And she was actually out right yes she had and she had a size and she woke up with wounds in there yeah wow i'm gonna have to look it up yeah and talk about it but like hearing this just makes because i just saw it on tiktok i don't know a couple weeks ago and it's like this devil inside you and it's like this human nature it's the lord of the flies things it's whatever it's like when they gang together and they get bored and it just keeps escalating it always starts out just kind of normal and then it just People's minds get fucked and they start doing the most fucked up things. So tell us about those now, I guess. <sighs> okay. <sighs> At one point, they hung her from the ceiling so that they could use her as a personal punching bag. Oh, my God. They beat her with golf clubs and bamboo sticks. Among some other abusive instances, her nose was so badly injured and swollen and blood filled that she could no longer breathe out of her nose. Oh, my God. They inserted many, many things into her both vaginally and mm-hmm. rectally oh my god beer bottles scissors skewers iron bars they heated up a light bulb and put it inside her oh and then my- beat her so that it shattered oh my god they put fireworks in her anal cavity and lit it it caused such severe burns but they continued to rape her Ooh. while she was being burned in general is extremely painful thing right they would then rape her they didn't see her she wasn't a human to them anymore she was just a doll a sex doll for them their enjoyment i mean just even right now what she's gone through the pain she has to be in at this point she's in like a state of shock i would think at this point like just disassociating completely as much as you can but you're still feeling everything but she was begging and it was painful and she did cry out and they liked that probably because they're fucked yeah 
And I didn't find this in any of the English versions of the story, probably because it's a bit censored or something. But in a translated document, I did find that they found a dog and brought a dog in and made her do things to the dog and vice versa. They burned her with lighters and put cigarettes out all over her body. Oh, my God. They dropped dumbbells on her stomach repeatedly, which caused internal injuries. I was injuries. about to say organs yep. being, uh, yeah. She was so malnourished and weak at this point that she lost a lot of her hair. Like I said, she begged them every day to let her go. Yeah. And that she promised she wouldn't tell anyone. Like, I won't tell anyone. Like, just let me, let yeah. me go. Now, at one point, and this is going to make you angry, <laughs> a boy was invited over to rape her. I read that it was Ihara, which was boy F and what I said earlier. Okay. But now I'm just wondering if Ihara was just the last name. Like it's a lot because it's a last name. I don't know if it was a different Ihara because it doesn't make sense when you hear kind of what happened with this person. But he was invited over. And when he got there, he saw the state that she was in and he didn't want to. Right. That's I'm thinking that, too. I'm like, this girl has no hair. She's malnourished. She's like, yeah, completely beat up. She doesn't even look like a person anymore. Right. But this pissed off the boys and he was younger and he was bullied, threatened into raping her, oh which I'm God. sure some of these people were, you know, like yes, I said, they were afraid of them as well. These are kids of the Yakuza. And, you know, if you if you don't act like them and do what they say, then because they have been known to hurt people, they lynched people who didn't do what they said. I was saying they see yeah. what shape this girl is in and they don't want any part of being tortured either. So. Exactly. So he did. But he went home. He felt like shit. He told his older brother and then his brother ended up telling his parents and they called the cops. Good. The cops went over there. Monado's parents answered the door. They said why they were there. And, you know, is there a girl here? You know, we need this, this, this. And they're like, a girl? No, a girl's not here. What? But they offered to let the cops come in and check. Okay. Now, this was 16 days into Junko's captivity. The cops took that as good enough and they left. Are you kidding? Oh, they wouldn't always, invite us in. Always these stories yeah. from the cops just not doing their fucking job. Exactly. They left without searching. Junko went on to experience 24 more days of brutal hell that eventually led to her death. And she could have been saved. She might Unbelievable. have. I mean, she like, still might have had long lasting issues. Right. I mean, I yeah. don't know what internally happened with the dumbbells and whatnot. But those cops were eventually fired. Good. It does. They suck at their job. Exactly. It does make me wonder, though, because everywhere I read, it does look like the parents are covering up for their son. But my twisted way of looking at that, too, is maybe they were genuinely saying, yes, come they in. They wanted them to come like, in. Come find yes. her this because this is the only way say, that we yes, can get this get her help situation done or we're going to be hurt. Like, yeah, what are they going to what is their son going to do if the cops barge their way in and found her? The parents, like, I'm thinking if I was a parent in that situation, I'm afraid of my child, I would do something to alert, like, be an anonymous tip to the cops or something like that. So they barge in. How did he find out that his mom called her? She did this when she wasn't even at home. So, yeah. I mean, maybe this area is just, like, saturated with With all these boys. Yeah, Yeah, we don't know their life and, and all of that. But it just made me wonder. But yeah, yeah, there was an opportunity and two cops that should have searched anyway. I mean, didn't. for all we fucking know, the cops were bought by the, is it, is it Izakaya? Yakuza. Izakaya is a restaurant. 
in, <laughs> in Japan. So for all we know, the cops, you know, just like in the American mafia, Italian mafia or whatever, oh, the yeah. cops could have been bought off. That's true. And they knew it was going on. I mean, we don't know. At another point, Junko was left alone for a while and she tried to seize the opportunity to escape. She physically was not able to get away herself, but she used every ounce of life she had left to go to a phone in the home and call the police. Okay. But before she had a moment to speak a word, they found her. Fuck. And as you can imagine, this made them extremely angry. So now they're going to do even worse things. Oh, yes. To punish her, they poured lighter fluid on her legs and they set her legs on fire. Oh, my God. At first she screamed, you know, she trying to put it out herself, but the immense pain, it sent her into shock. Mm-hmm. She began convulsing and seizing and they put it out. Somehow she survived this up to this point anyway, was a contributing factor to the eventual. Yeah, because it's going to get infected. Yes. She was so badly burned that she was not able to walk anymore, but they continued to torture and rape her. They pushed sewing needles into her chest and breast and <laughs> left them in there. Like who thinks of this? Like I it's just literally sit, what else like, can we do? There, like what else can girl? I do with this person? What else can I do to because her? Because that wasn't enough. I got to do something even more heinous. Mm-hmm. Her eyes and her eyelids were burned with hot wax. Oh my god. They taped candles to her eyes and let them slowly burn. They held lighters to her eyelids. <laughs> she could no longer see see very well after this yeah. understandably. They removed her pinky nail and her (gasps) left nipple with pliers. Oh, my God. That made me physically hurt. They would pour boiling water on her. Now, imagine you're experiencing all of this while already having all the other injuries that you have. That's why I'm saying like her body should just be in shock at this point. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Because she was a 17 year old and her body, I'm sure, was in peak condition at that age. Oh, yeah. So it's going to last longer. And that sucks. Well, and she already sounded like. Such an ambitious go after your dreams girl. Like she's probably, even though she knows she's so badly, probably a difficult chance of recovering. She still was trying. You still have that survival instinct. Yeah. But then they shattered her hands by dropping dumbbells on them. Oh my God. Not just broken. They were shattered. Like there's no way they could fix them. And part of that where her fingernails were cracked and broken. I don't know if you've ever done something to a fingernail, but that it's pain is hor- that's bearable. When you said they ripped her pinky nails off, that's like, yeah, I just. I almost passed out a few cringe. times just like doing like, something to a fingernail for yes. them to be cracked in and like, oh my God, oh my God. What's hard about all of this is she was alive and she was conscious and aware for most of it. Oh my God. Up until the last moment. I just, I don't understand how her body withstood at all. I mean, even as young as she is, like, I can just say she was very brave. She just held on, you know, like, she's probably thinking too, like, how could this happen to someone like me? Right. Why are they doing this to me? I need to, yeah, get my story. I've got to survive. This always gets worse. And she was just riding her bike home from work. She was just riding her bike home. They put broken and full bottles of her anal cavity. Oh, my God. She suffered so much vaginal and anal damage, including internal damage from the beatings that she was no longer able to hold in her pee and her bowels. She was bleeding severely. She didn't even know when she was going and couldn't move to go anywhere. Oh, my goodness. I read that at some point. Her, oh, my God, I need to breathe when I'm saying this, that her vagina and rectum pretty much became one. Uh, 
And they're still raping her through all of this. I like, don't know what at which point they have to stop at some point. Otherwise, what are they going like to do? They're going to rip off their own dick. That's right? what I'm saying. Yeah. Like they they're might dick. be doing it with other things. Yeah. Not themselves. Yes. Or whatever. Whatever is still involved at this point, because obviously they're just going to injure themselves with what they're right. now doing to her. When she began to go on herself and on the floor, this is when they started to become disgusted mm-hmm. and lose interest in her sexually. So to appease themselves, they started going out more often to find and gang rape other girls and oh, women. fuck them. While they had her there. One of these girls reported it, and I'm going to come back to her. Okay. Sadly, Junko was starting to smell pretty bad, so they were just consistently disgusted by her. They continued to beat her, and they would make her laugh. So, like, if she didn't laugh, they would beat her harder and longer, so she had to laugh through her own pain mm. just to amuse them they were psychopaths absolutely I just, like you have no I, I keep trying emotional, to come up with other words yeah you are possessed by demons like what else like I don't un, I, I don't comprehend this level of inhumanity right again these are teenagers it's a group of four teenagers Which makes it even scarier even though they weren't interested in her sexually anymore they didn't want her to die. They wanted to keep her alive. They weren't done with her yet. They noticed that she was having moments that seemed like, oh shit, is she dying? You and they're know? like, no, we so can't they let, yeah. started to try and give her water, but her body was no longer accepting anything. She would vomit the water instantly, even yeah. though she was incredibly thirsty. Dehydrated like she would completely. beg for it, but mm-hmm. wouldn't be able to, which is, because our organs it, are messed up, I'm sure. They're dying. And yeah. I mean, but that's pure torture. You're yes. thirsty and you can't even take it down. Oh, my God. But abuse didn't stop. At this point, she was severely crippled. Her face was so swollen that she was unrecognizable. She didn't look like anything. She was just she a was, bag of She flesh. didn't even look like a human being. Her wounds became pus-filled and were oozing everywhere. Now, remember uh, her she's legs, burned yes. everywhere. Because she was burned in other areas, too. She was rotting. Right. Her skin was giving up. That's a large organ itself. Her skin was giving up. It couldn't recover. Right. But rather than begging to be let go at this point, she was begging them to kill her. She's like, you don't want me sexually anymore. Just kill me, please. Like, kill me. I don't want to be in pain anymore. They didn't want to kill her. Of course not. They're not going to give her anything that she wants. Nope. But now we are coming to the end of her torture. There are two different versions of what happened here. That was the final blow. One is that the boys were playing Mahjong and made her play. And even in her state, somehow she ended up winning and this infuriated them. This is a very popular thing, but I can't see how she she can't see. Okay, she can't see. You'll come to find out she couldn't really hear. Her hands were crushed. What is she doing? She's not playing Mahjong. No. (laughs) So the other version is that one of them was playing mahjong outside the house something happened it made him mad he came back to take it out on her that's more like it or just something else entirely happened that made one of them mad and came back to take it out on her so there you go that's what i think it is but this would be her last beating as they started to beat her they stopped to put plastic bags on over their hands because they didn't like the pus <laughs> getting all over them they dropped dumbbells on her again and Then they set her on fire. Oh, my God. Again. They only put out the fire to stop the house from burning down. This beating lasted for two hours. And she's still alive through this. She's alive through this. After which, 
they all left to go do whatever the fuck they do. Rape some other women, probably. Yeah. Junko succumbed to her injuries a short while later. It was actually Minato's brother who called to tell them that she was dead or he thought it because, remember, you can't open the room from the inside of the house. So they get in through like a window or something. Okay. And he was sitting outside looking in and she was, didn't look like she was moving. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I think she's dead. So they all came back and she was cold. She was finally released from 40 days of hell. She died January 4th, 1989, two weeks shy of her 18th birthday. I'm glad that she, you know... That it Finally ended, escaped. but this but is 40, 40 days, days, like 40 days, her poor body and, oh. and her parents are going to have to hear all of this and know that's what was happening. Like, that's what always gets me is family members finding out the extent, the, the details and knowing that I fucked up. I should have tried harder. I should have, right. I should have gone and found her. Like, yeah, you're always going to blame yourself for not having done enough in a situation when a loved one dies or goes missing or something yeah. happens. It's hard to know if they would have been able to find it. I mean, probably not. That's what's so frustrating about this. There were so many people who knew literally one over a hundred yes. and they knew where she was being kept and she, they knew where she was being kept one told, but even if one more told, then another the set cops of cops would have come. They would have yes. had to then search because they were like, this is the second time and this right. is the second person saying that this type of thing is happening there. So this Japanese mafia just has such a grip on everyone but that they're so fucking afraid. That's the thing. These are the kids. Yeah, they're not even like, so what is the and no adults in this group And no one ordered them doing? to do this from what Correct. I understand. Yeah. These are just fucked up, sadistic teenagers who want to be the big guy, the bad guy. And they were all in it together because he created his own little yes. clan. It's interesting because even though a couple of these boys knew she can't survive what we're doing to her. They have to. Yeah, they have to know that. No one can withstand that. I mean, so many people have died from one of the things that happened exactly. to her. <laughs> okay. Like, I'm just in shock that her body withstood it all. But of course, they still panicked and they're like, oh, my God, what do we do? We need to do something with her. They decided on a 55 gallon concrete barrel. It's one of those, you know, like an oil barrel. Yeah. They wrapped her in blankets and they put her in there. Hiroshi actually remembered something that Junko had said at some point in the beginning that she regretted not being able to see the final episode of Tonbo, which translated, it's called Dragonfly. I don't know what the show is about. Okay. He put a VHS copy of that episode and flowers in the barrel with her. He didn't do this out of remorse. I was about to say. He did it because he didn't want her to haunt him. Oh, oh, okay. He thought it would appease her very tortured soul. You know, the one that Yeah, she just wanted tortured. to watch an episode. Thanks for the fucking daisies, dude. <laughs> then they filled it with concrete and took her to Koto, Tokyo. And they placed the drum on a truck bed and left it in a vacant lot because they didn't see it being found anytime soon. And they're like, if someone ever comes to move this truck for whatever reason, like we can't it be won't tied be back to it. Yeah. yeah, we can't be tied back to it. So that's what they did. And they went on robbing and raping other women. Remember, right now, everybody thinks Junko's just run away and is doing right. her own thing as a teenager. So she was not actively being searched for and she was on no one's radar. Wow. But there was the girl that they raped that I told you about. Yes, that reported them. She was 19 years old. She reported them. Eventually, witnesses actually came out to corroborate her story. 
And soon the police learned of four fucked up teenagers. Okay. People started to talk about them and Hiroshi and Joe were brought in for that rape. Mm -hmm. Not sure why the others weren't. The boys didn't know which rape the police were referring to. Oh, good. They're going to tell on themselves. Yeah. I mean, so many to choose from. They're like, who? wait, wait, which girl? What week was it? I can't remember. I do this every day. After some interrogation, though, Hiroshi was convinced that they were talking about Junko. Okay. They weren't, <laughs> but they thought that that's what he was talking about and thought that maybe Joe confessed. Mm. And so he's like, oh, crap, I need to confess to save myself. Okay. So he confessed on the grounds that only if you give me a lighter sentence. (laughs) Fuck you, dude. The police were confused. Names weren't used yet. So they thought he might be talking about another unsolved case Mm -hmm. of a young woman and her son. They went missing before Junko, but because Junko's was no longer an active missing case, that wasn't. wasn't, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't coming up. Hiroshi gave them Junko's location. They went to the location fully ready to maybe find the woman and her child. Right. But then they found Junko. When they got there, through a crack in the barrel, they smelled the rot. Due to the weight, it required a small crane to get it transported back to the police station. Of course, they didn't know it was Junko yet. Okay, this brings me another question. How the fuck did they get this concrete barrel Because it was wet first. Wet versus hardened concrete weighs differently. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. She was unrecognizable, of course. They confirmed her identity through fingerprints. By the way, this is almost three months after. after. Okay. They found her on March 30th of 1989. Timely enough, Joe was arrested the next day for another rape. <laughs> and after the autopsy, he was rearrested for Junko's death, along with Hiroshi, who was still in custody, Minato, mm-hmm. Minato's brother, Yasushi, Tetsu, and Kiyochi, and several others who were identified via DNA. So let's, it's another horrid list, but let's get into her autopsy before oh, I give you some details. That poor person who had to do this autopsy, they were probably just, I it know. had to be the worst thing they've ever seen too, I would think. I, it's like I don't even know how to respond sometimes. I was telling Kendra before this, I'm like, I don't even know what to write, you know, like when I was putting oh, this so together. Horrific. Because I'm used to writing more. Having opinions (laughs) and things. Having some buffer. And I just don't even know how to really talk about this one. So after Junko's last two-hour beating, her official cause of death in her last moments was asphyxiation from choking on her own blood and vomit. Her face was so damaged, it was difficult for them to determine the location of her eyes. Wow. Some of the bones in her face were crushed. She had little hair left from stress and needles were found embedded in her chest. Mm. As mentioned, the pinky nail and the nipple were found to be removed. Her brain had shrunk and melted. Okay. Her nose was filled with blood and pus and her eardrums were so badly damaged that they don't think she probably could hear much at all. That adds another layer of... I mean, I'm sure we're missing missing tons of stuff. She can't hear. She can't see. Yeah. And she's just being tortured. And she just feels pain constantly and has no idea what's being (sighs) done to her. Much of her lips were gone, assumably amputated, sadistically. She was obviously extremely malnourished and she weighed almost nothing. Right. They found semen, cockroaches, centipedes, urine in her esophagus and her stomach. Oh, there was so much semen 
<laughs> found that it was impossible to confirm the number of people. Uh, like it was just. It uh, was all mixed. Ew. And they found semen that was not human. Mm. Broken bottles were found in her stomach, vagina, and anal cavity, including an intact bottle. What? In her anal cavity. Her colon and other organs were so severely damaged, including her uterus, which is crazy because to their amazement, Junko was pregnant when she died. Oh, my God. Survival instinct once again of life, (sighs) I guess. I know. It's science, but it's like, you know, why like even let that be part of the story? But, you know, that many people over that, it's just I mean, a numbers game yes. at that point. There's no way that baby would have gone no. very far. She has no food. Well, it's crazy that her body allowed it to grow it's, in yeah. the state that it was in to even become something viable to know that she was pregnant. That's crazy. All of the gory details of her torture, in case you're wondering, did originally come from the boys and others that were involved that like gave the information, but Sadly, this autopsy confirms uh, most of what was said. Yeah, yeah, behavior. And the boys had no remorse and to this day have no remorse. So what <laughs> yeah. happened to them? Yeah, I hope they're in the black dolphin with. No, because you're about to get fucking pissed off. Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. I wish you people could see me because like Kendra can see me. And so some, yeah. sometimes she stops talking and breathing and I'm constantly stop talking and breathing and I'm yeah. just like we're both just like I can't believe this so if this ends up not being that entertaining I'm sorry I don't know if it's meant to be at no this sometimes point. we it's can't hard. I mean we're not going to be able to obviously I know. make light of any of this and I'm sitting here I'm not talking sometimes because I literally don't know what to say I'm just I know. sitting here with my mouth open I don't know what to say looking either at just, it's an information day that's what it is So at first, there was no information about the perpetrators made known to the public because their identities are sealed by the court. It's a thing there that... Okay. Like privacy or... Until you're actually guilty. People don't get to know who you are. Well, journalists of Shukan Bunshan Magazine, a weekly magazine known for its investigative journalism, said, fuck that. Good. And they found out what they needed to and they released all the boys' names and ages to the media. Hell yes. And the world was shocked because teenagers did this and not just one sick kid. Initially, they were tried as juveniles. Oh my goodness. This caused an uproar. Good. So they were switched to being tried as adults, but that didn't result in any justice. Why? All four of the main defendants pled guilty to not murder. Not murder? Not any murder, but only committing bodily injury that resulted in death. That's what their guilty plea was. Um, okay. 40 days. 40 days, people. Okay. Now, from their own mouths, from their own mouths, the four admitted to collectively raping her over 400 times during her captivity. And it is estimated that with the others invited to assault her, she was raped more than 900 times. Oh, my God. And there was an incident of there being 12 men at one time. Um, uh, Once again, what sick fuck wants to do that? That's 12 dicks out at the same time, guys. Like, I mean, they're already fucked up. We know this. This shows you who they are. Hiroshi alone claimed that he was involved in more than 90 rapes by the time he caught Junko. Uh, are women He's just a teenager. disposable? What is up with no like, absolutely zero respect for women, human beings in general? Right. He's doing whatever he wants. He's a tyrant. He's an absolute monster. What? Uh, 
because of who he was, really only a handful of people reported it. And even then, like scared. cops yeah. didn't do anything. I was about so. to say, just like nowadays, if you're raped, good luck. You're never going to get any justice. Sounds like Japan 90. has the same thing. When did he start? You know, it's like, what? he's already, what is he? He's 18? 18 right now. So like as soon as he hit puberty, he started raping women. And remember, like, this was a small guy. He was 5'2". Right. It's just insane. I, I just, I don't. And then he was like, hey, buddies. Hey, look, now they do it all together. It's their I don't, yeah. activity for the day. It's their hobby. Uh-uh. All right. So the sentencing. Hiroshi was sentenced to 17 years for his role as the leader of all of this. He was the only one that was 18 years old, too. Okay. So technically... He's an adult for sure. He's an adult. Now, Japan has always been criticized for their way they do sentencing. Okay. The max you can get is 20 years before you get life in prison. Okay. So there's no 50 years. Yeah, yeah. So there's not that. Joe was sentenced to four to six years. Oh, my God. Yasushi was sentenced to four years. And Minato was sentenced to 10 years for what they did to her. Did Both. they serve this time? So that's my other question, because a lot of times you're sentenced to that and then you serve less. Uh, yeah, I'll get to that in a second. It's just hard for me to hear four. Like four years. This woman is, or this girl, it's not a woman. This child is dead. And not only that, and she, was, she was pregnant. And was like brutally. Un- for 40 days. Like tortured. These, so the whole point of prison and sentencing is to get the menace to society out of society. I mean, it is very obvious that these boys are psychopaths. Like you they, want them off the streets. They're going to keep doing this. So there is some speculation that the Yakuza were behind the boys getting light sentences, but there was never anything made public by the Yakuza for or against the boys' actions. So these here. are the kind of guys the Yakuza wants? I mean, obviously, they if they can invite all these Yakuza members, you are right. like, oh, I yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I get to rape someone today. They just Thanks all rape finding all the her. time. The fuck? How many other women in Japan are missing right now that this exactly. kind of stuff has happened to that's where my mind goes well i think junko was one of the first times that it resulted in a death they usually let them go knowing that who they were was enough to scare these like people the girls into would never saying say. nothing but they yeah. tortured them to the brink or almost to death probably well it sounded like it was like oh it's an afternoon thing in the park and then they like leave them okay that's where they were able to do but so for many whatever for whatever reason with Junko they decided because she was so beautiful let's keep her they just wanted to keep her they wanted a toy yeah she wasn't fighting them how could she well Junko's mother understandably couldn't handle the news of how horribly her daughter had suffered no and the sentencing that they got yeah she ended up undergoing psychiatric treatment for a really long time Junko's parents well, everybody was appalled at the sentencing. Right. But they ended up filing a civil suit and they won. Okay. The parents of the boys were ordered to pay restitution. I don't know how much. All I know is that the parents of Hiroshi sold their home and paid 50 million yen, which today would be around 360,000 US dollars. Okay. Originally, Hiroshi's parents did try to send them money and they refused. So I feel like they're like, we don't want your, we don't want, we don't your, want your blood money. money. Yeah. Your but now because money. this was a court ordered thing, then they, they're going to take it. Three of them, including Hiroshi, Joe and Minato appealed their sentencing and received three additional years. 
because the judge at the time was like, are you fucking kidding me? Good. No, here's three more years for even thinking that you deserve. Exactly. Kind of so appeal. Hiroshi ended up getting that full 20 year. But here's the thing. Why not fucking life in prison? I don't understand this why it's not life. It's murder. Insanity. What they did to yeah. her. Like it's incomprehensible that somebody can even think of some of the shit they did to her and then to keep doing it. Like I said, these people need to be off the streets for life, especially when they're showing no remorse or saying, you know, I got caught up in it because I was part of this gang or whatever. They're just like, yep, I did it. <laughs> like, cool. Then you need to go away forever because you are a complete sociopath, danger to society. It just makes you stop and wonder about how often this happens everywhere right because there's a lot we don't know about other countries and secret little packs between people and dungeons and you know everywhere that people gather the whole sick activities there are so many people that go missing all over the world and we know there's sex trafficking out there and these like secret societies that do these horrible things. And there could be women living in this kind of torture for years somewhere. Oh, I know. We know it. thousand percent. This is happening. We don't always get the details. And And that's why I think her story is important because yes, it's not that someone's just been taken shit like this is what they're living through. Right. Until we're doing the work to try and find the children and the women that are taken and exposing these people. What's so hard is they own everyone else too. That's the hard part. They've got the money. They've got the money. They got the power. But it can be done. Yes. We already know this happens to sex workers mm-hmm. because they're considered disposable. Yeah. And nobody will miss them, blah, blah, blah. But this is happening to just girls coming home from school. That's what it makes. Or it- from work or whatever. Like, and people write them off as runaways. Exactly. Or, you know, we go back to the whole Michaela Jones thing. Mm-hmm. She was a druggie. She was like just... So many stories are not being told correctly out there. Just because we're women. Yeah. There are a lot of men have a deep seated hatred for women. It's just that. It's why. Why? They think because they want to have sex with us so badly that we have those advantages and that we withhold it. You know, you think about the whole incel community and Mm -hmm. just, I guess it's always been there since the dawn of time. And now it's just more visible because of social media. But it's like, I keep seeing it. I just feel like there's this broader gap coming right now between men and women where men are feeling very resentful towards women Mm -hmm. because women don't want to engage with them as much as they used to because changing I mean we can have our own jobs we can do our own things and we don't have to be beholden to men and I'm scared about it all because yeah we're easily overtaken by these men we are I had to have a conversation I did not want to have with my daughter We were out walking and something in that moment just hit me. I'm like, we could be approached from either side right now. Yeah. Me and her. And we were walking near a water. I decided to, what would you do in this situation? Have the conversation. So she's thinking. So she's thinking about it. What would you do if we were approached from other side Mm -hmm. and they got mommy? What would you do? Because if she tries to run, men are faster. Yeah. They can get her. She's a child. So I was having her look at her surroundings. Where can you go that makes it impossible for them to come after you, to get you? And we were near some reeds, some water reeds. And I was like, look down there. It's not that deep. Right. Get in there. And (laughs) I didn't make her get in there, but I'm like, you need to get in there. Don't run. And it it took a lot of explaining 
She's like, I can run faster because, you know, she's a kid. She's yeah, like, look how think, fast I can yeah. run. And, and so it's I like, ended up no. doing a barefoot yeah. race with her on a bridge for like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> but even then, she couldn't outrun me. And I told her, I can't even outrun men. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, look. She's like, that's so gross, though. And I'm like, yeah, but you can easily get in there and start getting lost in those reeds. And they're not going to find you. No. They're not going to be able to get to you. And so it sucks having these types of you conversations, have, but I have to make her aware. What? And then, yeah. because even like 30 minutes later, this guy comes by and she's like, oh, hi. And I'm like, my no. daughter, she's just a kind, loving kid. And we're having to shift the way that we interact with other people to protect us, to and protect her. And it's, it, it's so sad. Up. And you have to tell them those kinds of things because, you know, your daughter's getting to the age where... Yep. She becomes that target age because men like like eight to 12 year olds. That's right. what most of it is. And it's like you take away their innocence when you have to tell them that. And exactly. you provide them with anxiety. I know. And I don't want to do this. It's But I'm standing there and I'm like, we're what, easily uh, yes. a victim right now. Well, I'll go back to the story. So when we were hiking in the, the deep, scary woods to see that tower in Vermont, there was when we pulled up, the parking lot was empty, but there was one truck there. Mm-hmm. And so we're walking through and in the back of my mind, I'm like, where the fuck is this person in this truck? Are they hiding in the woods? We're just waiting for three people walking up, you know, because we are very vulnerable. And and as we're walking, like, you know, we're joking about the spooky spirits and all that. And I kept telling them, I'm like, I'm not afraid of ghosts. I'm not afraid of anything spooky. I'm afraid of the living person that could be here right now. Out here right now. Always. Right. When I hike, I'm more afraid of men. I'll say men because it's usually men. I'm more afraid of that person than I am of like bears or moose right? or exactly. anything. Yeah. A bobcat. Even a, even a woman that we're passing. I don't know you. Yeah. And I have my young child with me. And a lot of times, especially in child trafficking, it's the woman that brings them that in. That brings them in. Yes. That takes the child. So, and she had a bike with her and she was walking. And I'm like, see something like that? I don't trust. Mm-hmm. It may be that you rip her out of my hands to get on the bike and I can't catch up yeah. with you. I don't trust that situation. So it's hard because my daughter's like, stop it. I want to walk this way and I want to do this. And I'm like, I hate that we have to live like this. I was told by both of the kids, they're like, oh, you worry so much. And I'm like, I think it's just part of getting older as a woman because you've just seen so much and you think. And we've experienced. That's what I was about to say. You think back to because every woman has been sexually assaulted. I I believe or closely sexually. Like we've all been put in situations where we could not say no and get away. Right. It's so scary. And we have to pass that down to the younger generations so that they don't get taken advantage of. And then men get mad because we're all paranoid and don't want to go on dates with them. (laughs) And it's like, okay, cool. It's true. If you go on a date as a man, you have a bad time. It's not a big deal. We go on a date with a man and have a bad time and we, you know, tell him we don't want to go again. It could be our life if we don't want to go on a second date. A stalking situation. And let me ruin a reputation or there's always some kind of weird retaliation sometimes. When it comes to men who get rejected, it's it's scary. You don't want to reject a man. So then women are just removing themselves from the dating pool altogether. Exactly. For that reason, because yep. we're afraid. Yep. All right. We are okay, going off on a too. tangent. <laughs> but it's true. We're bringing Junko's story into this. Yes. What would have happened if she told him no? Would he have then right then and there just forced killed her? her? Or yeah. killed her, you know, or like what would have happened on that street with the bike if she said, no, don't walk me home? Or no, right. I don't want that. Yeah. What? Be nice or be a bitch. What are we supposed to do? We can't win either way. I was about to say, because then they get mad because you're a bitch. <sighs> so 
So anyway, again, Hiroshi, Joe, and Minato, they got those extra three years. Okay. Yeah, Sushi, he did not appeal, and he did serve his full sentence without any years being added on. Okay. And he was the one that had four years. Oh. So he still did four. the least amount Ooh. of time. Can you at least tell me that Japanese prisons are horrible? I don't know. Yeah, I, don't I don't know, know where know they went. Either. I think I don't even think so in their cases because they were sent to juvenile prisons. Oh, so it was just and maybe only Hiroshi was sent to an actual prison because he was 18 at the time. I don't know if they then get transferred at a certain age as well. I don't know. Like, can we rip some of their fingernails off or like shove some bottles That's up the their thing. ass? Like, like, you would think that for what they did, yes, they would have been hurt. But no, they're all free today. Mm-hmm. They're all free today. They're all in their early 50s now. But they should all be in prison still. That is messed up. It just lightning like crazy. We are in the middle Do of you a hear, crazy storm. If you guys storm. can hear that, would, that would be awesome. But it is shaking the house. Do you like storms? I love storms. Me too. I love lightning. The thunder. I just don't like hail. So no. No, I don't like stays hail. Away. No, stay away. So anyway, most of them tried to change their names in hopes of living a normal life outside of their crimes. But that did not work. So what happened to them after being released? Yes. And what are their names now? <laughs> they don't get to hide that easily. Good. So Hiroshi Miyano, he is now Hiroshi Yokoyama. I thought it was fitting when researching and I was translating something from Japanese and it translated to, he is the culprit who is rated as the worst human crap. <laughs> You're like, yes, I agree. I like, yes, that's exactly. <laughs> the worst human crap indeed. I'm not sure what it was meant to say, <laughs> but it works. He's a piece of shit is what He's it a meant pe- to probably. say. <laughs> the most human crap. After being released in 2009, he tried to live a normal life, but he was arrested again in 2013 for fraud. Okay. However, he was never prosecuted for that and he was set free. It's said that he now lives a life of luxury, actually. Mm. Power and money. I'm sure women. I'm sure he's still doing this. He's still doing things in these secret circles. Something interesting about him, though, and it was found out at the trial, a brain scan was conducted, which showed that he had a tumor on his frontal lobe. Okay, so that could explain why it could, but he has no empathy. We don't excuse anything here. No, Not I don't excuse him. him. He's oh, still, yeah. like they said, the biggest piece of crap. <laughs> the, the worst human crap. <laughs> uh, Joe Ogura is now Kami Sakujo or Joe Kamisaku. I think maybe some of these might have changed their name more than once. Because there is a group of people out there that are determined to continue Good. and find their Keep names. Keep doing it. Yeah. That didn't work either. After being released, he was arrested in 2004 for beating a man for four hours because he suspected he was having an affair with his girlfriend of the time. Whoa. For this crime, he was sentenced to seven years in prison. (gasps) Okay. He received, essentially, not at first, because remember, three was added on. That's what I'm saying. He got more time for- After three added on, he received the same amount of time in prison- for beating a man for four hours compared to the 40 days of torture and rape of Junko. Because once again, men, I guess men, a beating man. a man is worse than killing a woman yeah. or girl. And to this day, he is specifically known to boast about abducting, raping, and torturing her. He loves to tell the story, a story of his past with zero what? remorse. I'm that guy, you know? You know that guy? So yeah, why are you me. changing your name then, dude? So people like, be proud of kill it. him. That's right. That's right, Safira. My kitty was like, ah. I know. Even Safira's mad. 
<laughs> that was funny. She probably just came to say, Mom, it's thundering. Don't you hear that? <laughs> it's kind now of scary. Now she ran away me. again. <laughs> oh, yeah. And this is the boy with the lovely mother that I mentioned in the very beginning that I promised to come back to. Yeah. She blamed Junko. Oh, my God. For ruining her son's life. And she destroyed Junko's grave. Fuck that lady. Seriously. What? Like, how did Junko destroy his life? He tortured her for 40 days. She wasn't like asking him to take her. She was like, she was the bad girl who was smoking and drinking. I'm like, what? I don't know exactly her whole thing there, but yes. Sounds like this woman has some deep seated like anger against girl issues or something. I don't know. Like what? I think she's just messed up. I think there's abuse there. It's just a really fucked up situation. But Junko's family has had to attempt to keep her gravesite a secret now, you know, from everybody. Cool. She was already tortured in life. Let's know. Oh, my God. Now, also, remember, I said that in the very beginning, there is speculation that he was actually the worst. Yes. Compared to Hiroshi. I think he might have actually been. Maybe he was the one that came up with the ideas of horrible things to do. Because he was like in charge if Hiroshi wasn't there. He's just an extra fucked up person. He ended up stealing the money that his father was ordered to and painstakingly was saving to pay the restitution to Junko's family. Wow. His father was not involved in the Yakuza or anything like that. He was trying to pay back for what he his, could for his son's son. actions. He used that money and he just went and splurged on luxury things of as course. a fuck you to everyone. So his dad had to start over. Wow. So this guy. Great family here. Yeah. I mean, the father seems legit. I don't know much about it, but he was, he was trying to do paying. the right thing. Yeah. You know, he could have just said fuck that or whatever, too. But Joe and his mom. Special. No. Good. No good. Nobuharu Minato or Shinji Minato, whichever one is which. It doesn't matter. You have all the names. Yes. <laughs> Minato. After he was released, he worked without incident for seven years or so without being caught for anything. That's yeah, the thing. He's he, probably like, doing everything things. is with a grain yes, of salt. Exactly. Here. Until he was arrested in 2018 for beating a man with an iron rod and slicing his throat. Okay. His argument was I wasn't trying to kill him. You sliced his throat, dude. He made me mad. He wasn't put in jail for this. <laughs> of course not. He was let go. Why? Because of insufficient evidence. Even though he admitted, well, yeah, he made me mad. I didn't, I wasn't trying to kill him. It was non-murder. So whatever. He's still out. Brutalizing people probably. Yeah. Yeah. Sushi Watanabe. I couldn't really find if he had changed his name, but he's the only one that wasn't arrested again. And as far as I know, he lives with his mom. This is also the okay. one that didn't appeal. Yeah. He was the youngest, remember? Yeah, maybe he wasn't really actively engaged in it. He was just afraid of the other boys. It's possible. But he's still engaged, though. And I he mean, didn't that, report it. And he didn't so, report it. And him. I'm sure he was part of every single bit of it, you know? Just because he might not seem as fucked up as them, it's because we're dealing with the extreme of fucked ups here. Like, and like, this is insane. Even if you're not doing it, you're sitting there watching it. You have to be a level of fucked up to not like leave the room and be like, I'm out. Yeah. And then we have that Tetsuo Nakamura, who is now Tetsuo Iwai. Again, there's not a lot known about him either, but he's also known to go to local bars and laugh about it all as if it's just this memory and this thing he was part of at one point. So it's still like this thing they all still get off on. Yeah, like sociopath. Like I'm sure they definition. Like the people who they look back at it as a fond memory. 
I'm going to bring up the word no for remorse. Yeah, I'm going to bring up the word from Russia. They're all maniacs. Maniacs. <laughs> like, complete crazy. Oh, the worst of the worst. The worst of the worst of the worst. Then we have Kyoichi Ehara, who is now Kyoichi Higashi. I have nothing on him, but, you know, there's his extra name. <laughs> yeah. And for all we know, they have different names now. Like I said, they keep changing their names. And there are people out there that are trying to stay on top of it yeah. and always update it through media somehow if they found out that their names have changed again. Yes. So here we are. It's sick to know they're still out there. Just <laughs> yeah, I'm living lives. right now. Like, it's not right at all. Like, no. I don't understand the Japanese culture. It's very strange because this is an exception. Right. It's an exception. But also, don't you hundred people able to do this together? What? You know, like this is why it's like it's an exception. A lot of people will say that parts of Japan, like it's very safe the way that they, they are with each other and the respect and everything. But I'm like, there's some pretty crazy things that come out of that type of culture and lifestyle, though, when people are like, well, I don't want to conform they, to that. I don't, or I don't want to get involved, I yeah. think, is part of it, too. But just not wanting to say anything like we know they're bad. I live a simple, quiet life. I'm not getting involved. I know that exactly. they rape people. I'm not going to say anything. So it's a lot of covering their ears and closing the their other eyes. Way. And yeah. And so people like this get to continue doing what they're doing. Because it's not the culture to stand up and put yourself as a target for speaking up for other people, maybe. I don't know. You would think that the justice system would want to make an example of such a exceptionally disgusting crime. I mean, crime. this was worldwide, of right. course, because they're teenagers and, and the they, level of torture she went through. And they didn't take that opportunity to say, they we will it. not stand for this. Instead, they were like, oh, it's fine. So they are now essentially telling other teenagers and everything that you're going to get away with something this horrible or because a they little lesser. Look at this. They had opportunities to take these guys for their other crimes. Right. And put them away for For longer, for life. But they still didn't do that. That's why I say I don't understand. I don't understand either. The Japanese culture that they would allow this. It's always been very difficult for us to understand. I think all of us Westerners to kind of understand what their reasoning is behind a lot of the stuff that they do. We're fucked up here, too. But I know that had this happened here... There's no way. There's no way that these boys would get off with four years or unless they'd be charged with two murders. Right. She was pregnant. They would be charged. And unless like in Japanese society, like their prisons are meant to rehabilitate. Because our prisons don't do that here. It's kind. I get that. But some people can't be fixed. It's, (laughs) It's not that. Like this is just one of those examples. Like this is the extreme This is when the punishment needs to try and match what this crime was as much as possible. And if you don't have anything worse than 20 years, then you give them life in prison and then you let them appeal the shit out of it. And what you do with that after that is that's going to be your choice. But you have to keep society safe from people like this. Because obviously they didn't stop when they came back out. Proved that, no, I'm just, you know, I'm going to keep doing it. And who else are they terrorizing that we don't know? Exactly. Well, thank you for now bringing an even more messed up case than I've done. (laughs) (laughs) I had been the winner for a while. Yeah, you have done. You you did those two. And werewolf. I just, I feel like I came across similar cases and I was like, I'm just not ready to go there yet. Like my weeks were busy and mentally I was already tired. And I'm like, do I really want to read about this read yeah about this so this is just a sweet mention real quick as we're closing it out though once her family and friends were made aware of her death 
Junko's intended future employer, where she was supposed to work in April the following Mm -hmm. year, they gave her parents a uniform that she would have had. I did find it interesting. It was actually placed in her casket with her. So maybe this is somewhere she like really wanted to work and it was like a goal achieved. We don't have like the backstory there. But I was like, she didn't even work there yet. Why are you putting her uniform in her casket? That was a little weird to hear. But who knows? Again, the backstory. And at her graduation, her school did present a high school diploma for her. Okay. Which was given to her parents. Yeah. So just the little things. I'm sure a lot more. But she was just a happy teenager. Normal girl. So ready for life. Making plans. Making plans. And then these assholes just found her. She was pretty. That's all it took. That sucks. Better to be mediocre in this society. I say that. Although it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Just the curse of being a woman. woman. (laughs) Or a girl. Or a child. Or a child boy, yeah. Do we need to just dress up in Halloween costumes every day? It doesn't matter because women can be completely covered and they're still subject to this. I know. Or we just need to look crazy. We just need to walk around looking like we're like fucking crazy and have like knives and stuff and nobody will mess with us. (laughs) (laughs) Just talking to ourselves or. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I think about it and I think every woman will say this. Every time we go somewhere, we're thinking about if somebody's going to try and do something to us. You know what? I always think about doing this, but I've never actually done it yet. If like a guy is walking near me and I can tell that he's because I've been followed. Okay, I can just tell that. Yeah, he's following. I've always wanted to turn around and just fucking scream at him, you know, but I haven't done it yet. Be a crazy bitch. I just want to be crazy and just scream fucking scream at him you know yeah I'm sure that it would get some attention of someone else and make him go the other way because they're not expecting that but then my little happy light and love I know side comes in and I'm like no he's just a fucking guy and he just happens to be going the same way I am stop judging him yeah you know be kind they're allowed to walk too it's so hard to balance it men are walking at the same time like but it's because of what's happened that it makes you the one that's paranoid Yep. But I also know that some men are paranoid, too, because they're like, now I can't even walk near a woman. Right. So it goes both ways because I have seen men do me a favor and go on the other side of the road. And go on the other side. I love when, you know. Yeah, I appreciate that. And men out there, if you're wondering, you're in an awkward situation where you happen to be going the same way as a woman. Yeah. Break the tension that way. Go to the other side or. It's easy. Know that women are afraid if you're walking behind them. Some of the things that go through my mind is if. I go all the way over here. Is he going to take that? Right. Are we going to offend him? Rejecting him in some way. Yes. Because I'm trying to get away from him. And so we're left with that because they can be that crazy. And then what happens if then he follows? Then I'm in a situation. Then Then it's like, yeah. All right. I have to deal with this now. So part of us, man, it's stressful. And I walk a lot. It's hard. (laughs) It really is. It really is hard. I don't think that men think about that and appreciate how much we go through in inner turmoil <laughs> the inner turmoil, doing anything. just to be able to do simple just, things just go to a grocery store just do want to walk I, in somewhere the guys that are aware of this and are trying to make it feel safe safer for us we you know, appreciate thank you yeah. yeah keep it up and tell your and stop tell your guy friends to do yeah, the because same thing the guys that are getting mad at us because they're like well you're making my life hard now i have to cross the street every time you're walking by how am I ever going to meet a girl? I'm like, you don't get to meet a girl with that attitude. <laughs> right. No one wants you. <laughs> it's true. That's true. If you're already like coming at us like that, we're we're not interested. No. <laughs> 
Red flag. Okay, we'll stop it with. I we always end up here. I don't know how. I don't know how either because of the cases we keep doing. And I I tried not to be a whiny person this time, but we both have a headache today. We do, and <laughs> it's yeah. been fun. And I was like, we have to do this. We're going to Vegas. We yes. have we have we stuff to do. I need to try and record another episode before yeah. Vegas if we can figure it out. But anyways, thank you all for listening. Even though you know this was not a bright case, not at all. Justice was not done, unfortunately, for Junko. That sucks. Her death is always going to make an impact, yeah. no matter where or how you hear it. What she went through. It's just a reminder that sometimes we aren't safe. Yeah. You can say no. Like say no. No is hard. No is hard to say when you're just a sweet girl. Yes. I have to stop myself already because I'm like, all right, now I can go down another road with this. I know. I can go down. But also be polite. See, do you understand? I am fucked in the head. I don't know what to do. To do. (laughs) Like I was at the grocery store yesterday and I hate when people just throw their carts in the thing or don't put it back. And so what's really frustrating to me is when you go to put your cart back and they're all like sideways and all of them are messed up. I'm the girl that fixes them all and puts them in line because it's just going to come out on a car and maybe it's going to come into your car. Like, don't be a dick. Right. And this older man saw me doing it and he was like, you're the kindest person I've seen in a week (laughs) just because I was fixing carts. And I'm like, see, that kind of man, he didn't scare me. That wasn't something. So we're not collectively talking about all men. But there is a level that is present in our everyday life, everywhere we go. And so I think yeah. that's just why we always end up here. It is. I'm right. antisocial in a lot of ways. Anyway. Anyways, we have social media. Yes. <laughs> so go check it out. We're yep, on Instagram, yep, yep. TikTok, YouTube, and Facebook. That we are. And under at Lucid Lab Podcast. Yes. All one word. Yes. You can email us at lucidlabpodcast at gmail.com. Please send in your listener stories, your lab reports. We want more. Right. We're, we're getting some great ones, but we want more. Always keep Thank sending you. them. You can send us mail mail at P.O. Box 251 Eastlake, Colorado 80614. And then please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. And you we look for some ratings reviews? and some comments. Yeah, if you're, please. If you're listening to us and you're like, you know, I don't know. What are we now? 16 episodes deep? Is it? Where are we? Is it 17, 18? I don't know. We're kind of lost. We can't remember yeah. what we said. But anyways, we're this far in. We definitely would love your feedback and appreciate your ratings. Yeah, support us. Ratings and reviews really help us get seen more. So Yes. Yep. Thanks. And in the meantime, stay lucid. We love you guys and we'll see you next week. Bye. R.I.P. Junko.